Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Welcome to the greatest episode ever of Elder Scrolls Off the Record Part 2. That's right, my name is Dave Deanforce Adams, and I'm here with my second in charge of the greatest episode ever, Senor Louis Olan. Hello, Dave. Hello, How are Chad- you doing, good sir? I am doing well. How are you doing? Oh, it's nice. It's weird. This is obviously the best episode ever. We actually brought in uh, the Natty Light just for the for the party. We have dancers over in the corner. In <laughs> fact, over in the corner with the dancers right now is my man, Mr. Shank the Tank. Guess who I am, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. Welcome, Shank. This is... Dude. You weren't here for the last greatest episode I, ever, were you? I, I was not, but can, can I just say, um, if you are not listening to the show live, dude, you guys are missing out on some insane pre-show stuff. So. <laughs> you really are. We're crazy. A little bit. Mostly. I'm stoked to be here for the second greatest episode ever, or the greatest episode ever part. De. It's just that much more great because you're here. Um now, before we actually explain why this is the greatest episode ever, first I want Lou, if you could, go through our sponsors for us. Sure thing, Dave. And tonight's show is sponsored in part by GuildLaunch.com. That's right, GuildLaunch.com. Set up your free guild site at GuildLaunch.com today and get great features such as DKP tools, mobile optimized sites, multi-gaming support. That's right, tons of games out there. You can choose from one of the three subscription plans, starting at $7 a month and ending at $20 a month. And you get additional features like your own domain, access to Google Analytics, 10 gig, 25, heck, 60 gigs of storage space, advertising, attendance reports, full CSS customization, all at guildlaunch.com. Slay more dragons, because they're the bad guys. And also by TweakedAudio.com. Go there for quality earbuds, free, that's right, free worldwide shipping, unbeatable customer service, and a lifetime warranty. And as an extra bonus, input our code off the record, that's all one word, off the record, you get 30% off your order. All over at TweakedAudio.com. That's right, but first, before we get into the actual show, we have something quick to mention. Joe and Avarwin aren't here tonight because QGN has headed to PAX Prime in Seattle, Washington. That's right. Say hi to Joe the Widget Wilson and Avarwin. 
he wants me to call him the Pax Prime Paladin. I'm not doing that. And QGN <laughs> reporter Brian, not so silent fury, 007 Armstrong. They will be there covering all things Elder Scrolls Online, Rift, and other amazing gaming goodness for the next three days. Cough, Destiny. Cough. Hey, I'm hoping they walk up to the Sega booth, pound on it, and be like, where's my dang, you know, Fantasy Star Online 2? And just, like, get mad at them. Because I want my Fantasy Star Online <clears throat> 2. Anyway, um, guys, are y'all ready to actually get into the show proper? Eh. Let's do really? That's, that's all I get? <laughs> Dude, this is the greatest episode ever. I'm not wearing anything like usually i just not don't wear pants i'm going all out for this one we are I, ready I, I have a i have a keyboard that's that's uh conveniently draped over my person <laughs> <laughs> all right guys first things first we have a few discussion topics hot button issues just to bring up i know that it's it's scary for people especially that have not touched uh mmos that, that they see this and it, it brings up some worries. The first two topics that we need to talk about. Uh, ESO will require Xbox Live and PS Plus for consoles at least right now. That's how it stands. That's not how ESO wants to do their business model, though. Not at all. That is not. <laughs> and we, we've brought out, we've had uh, Bradford wrote pieces on it this week over at... Uh, Quest Gaming, what is it? Quest Gaming? No, Elder it's Scrolls at Elder Scrolls. Yeah. It's on Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, Elder Scrolls Off the Record at Gmail. I, I quit. Elder Scrolls Off the Record.com. Uh, you can see what Bradford wrote there. And he, he talks about how ESO is in talks with Xbox Live and PS Plus to try to change that you don't have to have Xbox Live and PS Plus. To play ESO. Now that that's what Shank, I know that's gotten you all up in a big fuzzy, hasn't it? That that's part of it. Um, I think I think if they if they do manage to say to um, uh, to uh, to you know, but uh, wow, not Bethesda to Microsoft and Sony, like hey, like you know, don't require your online. Uh, services for our game. Um, I think. I think that'd be good. I mean that that's part of the that's part of my uh, reasoning why you know I'm still I'm not 100% convinced that I need to get this game. But that that's if they do like you said if they you know if they if they if these talks are successful, and they get Microsoft and Sony to bypass their um, or circumvent their online service. So all you have to do if you want to play this game is going to be basically like the PC where you you buy the game for however many, um, I'm guessing $60, right. plus your $15 subscription fee monthly. Now that that will be like how the PC will be set up. But here here is the... I, I, I think this, this is go, good and bad news. Good for the obvious reasons like uh, we just talked about. Um, I think... It might be it might be bad to a very specific group of people. Now, who are these groups? Who is this group of people that I'm talking about? Well, PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live have a fairly, you know, they have a pretty good following as of right now. Mm -hmm. And going into this next generation, 
you are you will be required to have those online services to play any game. For example, if you want to play Call of Duty online, you need Xbox Live and you need PlayStation Plus. Now, I think the people that are already subscribed to those services, they're going to be like, okay, well, you know, big whoop, that that kind of thing. But if you are if you have if you don't currently have either of those services and you're looking to buy a next generation console, I think this will be good if they get them to bypass it. But again, with both of those companies requiring that online subscription to play other games online, I I'm not really quite sure how beneficial it will be. You know, it, it, which is actually said in the chat as well. The reason why the Xbox Live and PS Plus is normally required for online play on these games is because it's hosted by Xbox Live or PS Plus. At least the servers are. Mm-hmm. But if ESO says, hey, bro, we're, we're hosting our own servers, just forward them our way, it's not really touching Xbox Live or PS Plus. Understood, yeah. I mean, we we, we, we know that they're, they're, they're going to have their mega server technology for the various regions and the right. platforms. So, you know, they're going to be they're not even going to be using Microsoft or Sony service. But I think what I'm what all I'm trying to say is that for those of them, two points, really, for those uh, consumers that already have these subscriptions. This is not this is this this news is kind of here nor there. But more importantly, I think the fact that these next generation consoles will require subscriptions if you want to play multiplayer on other games. I still don't, I mean, because they're, if they want to do that, and let's be honest, if you just buy a PlayStation, you're probably not going to only buy it, so you'll probably buy other games. Oh, and of course. Same with, same with the Xbox. So in that case, and if they're multiplayer, you're still going to need the online service fee. So I don't see, I, I, do you, I guess you got to see my point, like they're going to have to, yeah. one way or the other, they're going to have to pay for that online service anyway. <clears throat> yeah, they're, I mean, if they play ESO on a console, they're, that's not going to be the only thing they buy for that console. Right. So honestly, it would be in Xbox and PlayStation's favor to waive that fee for ESO, or to to not to find a way around that you know Xbox Live or PS Plus subscription for online multiplayer games like this, you know, big MMOs that require a separate subscription. It it just. Honestly, it seems like a money grab on PlayStation and Xbox side if they're requiring this as a as a uh, part of to play this game when they're not hosting the server for it. Right, right. I just think it's kind of I don't know. I I don't. It, it doesn't strike me as like phenomenally awesome news if this deal does go through because there people yeah, are probably going to be paying for those services anyway, even it, if they're really not paying is. specifically this is, for ESO. This is what they're doing for people like you, Shank. Yeah, but it's I don't know. It's it. This is not nearly enough for me to be honest with you. But I I guess it's a good gesture. I'm just not convinced. Well, I I know that a lot of people are rooting for hybrid model, but. This is what they've decided, and I know that throughout the, the episode today, we're going to be talking about it. Yep. <clears throat> um, another thing that they, that's been brought up is ESO will not have a cash shop on top of its subscription, but will have the in-game ability to use services such as name changes, which normally are pay to, to do through any other MMO. 
but apparently it will be in game from what we've seen. We have, we have an article on elder scrolls off the record.com, uh, written by our Mr. own Armstrong, Brian Armstrong. Yes. Uh, from, let's see, where was this from at Os so- gamers at GamesCon. They spoke with uh, general manager, Matt Fyrer. And uh, he said in quotes, there won't be anything like bonus points, but we will have a shop to buy kind of fun stuff and services too, like name changes and things like that. So it will not be a pay to win. It won't, from what I'm, I'm understanding, it doesn't even seem like a microtransactions. So, okay, I need to understand what, how, because the way I look at it, and I mean, this is just my interpretation of it uh, as a as an outsider, as a newbie. Mm-hmm. Microtransaction to me sounds like you need to, you know, pay for these little service thingies like here and there. Like if you want like, you know, like a bigger bag, you pay like 10 cents here. If you want like, for example, this name change you pay like, so I don't understand why that's not a microtransaction. Because when they're talking microtransactions, it's stuff like, oh, a new character skin, or oh, this this uh, new type of weapon, or this new type of uh, uh, special attack that my character can do. Things that actually can be put in game to augment the gameplay. Oh. Where if it's services, it's things like swapping servers, at least in past MMOs. I know there's going to be a unified server on this one. But there... The first game that I can think of off the top of my head that allowed you free anytime server changes was Rift. Before that, every MMO I've ever touched required you to pay usually around 25 bucks Mm -hmm. to move your character from one server to another. Okay, so I guess, I don't know, I'm I'm still, I was was just like really, I'm I'm just a little bit confused over the term quote microtransaction because i guess i see it one way but from like from just looking at uh, I, d- I looked at some other mmos just to get an idea but it seems like they all kind of have you know they have similarities for how the term is used but they have their own kind of little nuances so that's <laughs> that's what makes it confuse me i was like wait how is this not a microtransaction okay well more, more like as dave was saying before shank what what zoss is offering through eso's uh I guess online service store mm-hmm. is that just services, right? As before, when you actually had to physically log out of the game or open up an in-game browser within the game and access your account through the game's website and conduct business there. Meaning, if you want to do a server change, a name change, faction change, gender change, anything like of that nature, you actually had to log on to your account mm-hmm. uh, through the official game site, as opposed to just doing stuff within the game itself. Uh, this is more like a, a, an offer of convenience. Yeah, the only difference from what I'm seeing between this model and what I've seen in games like, um, off the top of my head, WoW, is that this will allow you to do uh, uh, race changes, uh, character renaming, things like that, in-game compared to being on their site. Okay. That's the only difference I'm seeing in this. Which is honestly a lot easier to, to do if you need to do it. It doesn't take like 40 handshakes like we've seen in previous MMOs. Gotcha. I All guess, right. uh, yeah, yeah, that, no, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. 
<laughs> cleared up any confusion that I had. Yeah, now Rift, free-to-play games like Rift currently, uh, its store that it has in-game is microtransactions, where you can put down money and get a box that you can open up for random items or, uh, you know, purchase a, a house for your in-game home dimension, you know, things like that. That's that's what I would con- more consider uh, game-changing microtransactions instead gotcha. of services. Cool. I, I would definitely not lump uh, being able to purchase vanity gear in with services. And I have not once heard that this is to be vanity items. Uh, the closest I'm expecting for vanity is being able to maybe change your character's uh, race or maybe change your character's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because all I'm seeing from that uh, interview is just name changes and things like that. That's an exact quote. from. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what he says here. Uh, name changes and things like that, like End verbatim. <laughs> so, yeah, I wouldn't expect vanity items. In fact, that would probably make this game feel a lot less Elder Scrolls to me. If I p- walk into the game and there's a cash shop that... I can buy vanity gear in. <laughs> oh man. I, I'm just think that would kill my immersion. I'm sorry. Like that really would just, like have something. Oh man. Well, Hey, at least there's name changes and things like that. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, next thing up on the list, we have an ask us anything. Lou. We're going to knock this one out. You ready? Let's do this. All right. Uh, Shank, (laughs) yell at us if you need to jump in on anything. Feel free. Sweet. All right. First up, first question that comes in. How will using a stealth-based character be viable in player-versus-player combat in ESO? In previous Elder Scrolls games, stealth was represented by an eye which displayed whether you were detected or not. Your character wasn't visible. How am I supposed to sneak up on another player who can easily spin their character's view around without being detected? And Zoss answers, If you are in stealth, you will be invisible to enemy players unless they detect you. It will take more than just a casual look in a stealth player's direction to uncover them. During a recent playtest, one of our developers was ambushed by a hidden enemy. It was a very effective tactic. The ambusher took advantage of the fact that his target wasn't being cautious and using the Mage Light ability, which would have thwarted the ambush. So, okay, so in this is how it works in most MMOs. Like, if you sneak, then you're invisible to other dudes? Yes. Yes. In a nutshell, yes. Your character okay. basically cannot be seen in a game by that player. <laughs> yeah. If any... It, uh... Worst case scenario, if he isn't perfectly invisible, it would have like a shimmer of where Uh, that character would be or uh, an outline if you have some type of effect in the area. Something to slightly give away him being invisible, but usually, which is what they're saying here too, it sounds like if you're not detected by the enemy, you are completely invisible to the enemy. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, but but I do. On the other hand, I enjoy that they put in things like Mage Light, which can totally you know mess this up. 
That is yeah, sick. I was, yeah, I was gonna say like, what if like you're if I'm on one side and Dave's on the other, and Dave has like a detect life or something like that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Then I would be able to see you, or I would. Uh, yeah. Hope that they would do something like you know the shimmer that we see in uh, Rift and and games like WoW. You know where it's Kyle in the thing is saying like Predator. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I want to see that. You know, if I slightly detect you, I totally want to be able to see like the Predator, with like, like this, with like the scanning beam. The okay, maybe not the scanning beam. That would kind of break my immersion just slightly. But <laughs> and maybe not the Predator too. But okay. <laughs> oh lord. Uh, next question. Since the players will be the ones crowned emperor, what's the point of even having the NPC faction leaders, Queen Arin, High King Emric, and Joran? Joran. The Skull King. He has a J in his name. It's a Joran. He's Nordic. I'm running the show. His name's Joran. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joran the Skull King. Okay, Yorin, whatever. I think they should have more to do with the throne instead of the players. I mean, I like the idea of the players being emperor, but what's their role in all of this? And Zoss answers. There are always monarchs and leaders of other nations while an emperor sits on the ruby throne, and his time period is no different. Um, I like this answer, because not only is it very consistent with lore, it also gives like the player a reason to fight while also giving them that you know that that power fantasy i i like that because this i'm not kidding like this is a question that i had it kind of in the back of my head but i totally forgot until right now so yeah yeah i like that it it no. will introduce a whole new uh level of player interaction um especially when you have players that can be crowned leaders in these games uh one off the top of my head like like terra all right, yeah, see what you that, want, but Terra cool. has a, a political system to where the leaders who are elected by the players in provinces and regions uh, get to be very powerful because guess what? They get to set the tax rates of all the NPCs oh. and all the player markets in that region, meaning if they want to be a total D-bag and make people go broke, they can charge 20% taxes on every transaction that's done in that zone. That is awesome, dude. <laughs> How is that? How is that debaggish? That's awesome. That's awesome. That, okay, it is a little debaggish, but that's still awesome. <laughs> all right. Um, first, I, I would also like to bring in that uh, I can think of a very good reason why they need Queen RN. Yeah. Damn. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Enough said. Damn. Uh, that was for a Varwin right there. Um, up next says, I noticed in the QuakeCon video that a significant amount of seemingly precise aiming is required in combat. My internet connection isn't the best in the world, and when playing multiplayer first-person games, enemies tend to jump around the screen a bit, resulting in few hits for me and the associated frustration. How forgiving will the aiming be in ESO? And Zoss answers. We try to be fairly forgiving in the amount you have to aim, but you definitely still have to aim. You'll need to be aiming at or very close to the target when you attack or use an ability. Um, I like this because as a obviously as a hardcore Elder Scrolls fan and as someone who does dabble in first-person shooters but sucks at them, I, I like this because this is, this is very Elder Scrolls, but it... It's bringing that element of like, yeah, we, we kind of give you like a like a slight margin of error, but I mean, you need to you need there's some skill involved, basically. 
you know, honestly, when I played this game, I loved how the aiming worked when we were at, at PAX East. Uh, it was a lot of fun. You honestly had to aim toward the enemy and know where the enemy was with a clear line of sight to kill them. This now, question sounds like it's somebody from WoW going, I can't be facing damn near away from my enemy and still shoot them. Yeah, that's, that's doesn't it? Because I remember, <laughs> yeah, I remember from a previous episode, you told me, um, like right after you guys got back from PAX, I think Dave, you were the one that told me that like you could cast a fireball if you were like yeah. targeted at someone, like facing the totally opposite yeah, direction. You have, okay, here's what they did in WoW. You had in front of your character, which was the 180 degrees in front of your character. Then they had behind your character, the 180 degrees behind your character. Your character could be 44 degrees off of the enemy and still shoot them because they were targeted as in front of your character. Wow. You could be ways off now i'm doing like a motion with my hands to show 45 degrees <laughs> but you could be like just like looking at the you know we've all seen that one dude with the crooked eye i mean you could be just straight up that dude in an mmo you could be just you don't even have to you just tab through anybody you're, that's in front of you is dead but then in eso they're they're like hold on now you see how the pointy end of this arrow goes when you fire it it goes straight following that pointy end yeah your arrow shouldn't curve and do a 45 degree angle in the midair now can you can you lead like i know and like obviously i'm drawing upon oblivion and skyrim etc but can you can you lead characters like if there's like a i don't know like a wolf or something picture it like this uh you aim at your character the if you Attack, initiate an attack while your crosshairs are on that enemy. It's considered rolling for either being hit or not hit. Okay. So that character, that weapon, your arrow is going to follow to hit that enemy. But that's when, when you release the attack is when it calculates whether or not the hit's going to be not flight time because it's, it's an MMO. They can't, figure Can't, flight time yeah like <laughs> i would imagine like doing all that, that like hit detection and you know real thousand time. people in in yeah. cyrodiil <laughs> with each shooting bows yeah i don't see that happening <laughs> all right anyway up next can you expand more on picking a role when players sign up to find a group for a dungeon and here's Oz's answer Every player will assess what role they feel they can perform in a dungeon. If you feel you'd be best at a damage dealing role, pick that. If you think you could do all three, then by all means, pick all three. There are icons you select that let people looking for others know what roles you think you could fill. We understand that people might not be as accurate with their assessment of their own skills as others might like, but we feel it's more important for the community to have control over the tools instead of using an arbitrary rule system that might not work well with our more open-ended advancement. Hmm. Oh, this is what irks me. Go ahead. You go first, Dave. Okay. I I played a lot of MMOs. I played MMOs that you build your own class and it gives you what your class assignment is. I played 
MMOs where you pick your class assignment, then it gives you the tree behind it. I, I've i gone through all of the different types of Holy Trinity. So I like the ESO model of you know the free play. You can be whatever you want, pull in whatever you want for any type of situation. That's awesome. But if you're picking up people who you've never met, you're going in blind. You don't know if they actually are the healer they say they are. You don't know if they actually learned that one skill that you need to stop a boss from running across the field and smacking you in the face. So, I am worried about uh, bringing in people I don't know, but at the same time, that that's a good thing, because it makes me think, for once, I'm going to have to communicate and build the right group of people. It's definitely, the, the way they're dealing with this screams they want people to interact with each other, which, you know, as a nerd sitting in his mom's basement, scurs me. Right. right. <laughs> it, it, it does, I mean, as as you were saying, Dave, you're right. It, it does look that way, and I'm glad they're doing it this way, because having the, I guess, the older, more established systems with the LFG system, okay, and having roles either chosen for you already, because that's what class is to begin with, so when you sign up, that's it. You, that's that's the role you play. And at least here, Zoss is saying, "Hey, you know what? We have an open-ended game. We're giving you the freedom to play whatever style you want. So if you think you can do all the roles, by all means, like I said, do it. <laughs> you know, try it. See what happens. I mean, they're not going to, you know, handhold you, nor are they going to throw you to the wolves. But they're just going to say, you know what? This is your class. This is what you built your character on. See what you can do with it." Uh, and I think a lot of people are going to have problems with this system. If they do, is the fact that they're used, they're so used to the, the pugs or the pickup groups where it's everyone's role has already been predefined. It's hard set. Let's just do the content and go on our separate ways once it's done. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that they're bringing in this cause there's not going to be that, you know, blind jumping in your game, your game for five seconds, uh, and stealing the loot and running away. It's not going to have that anymore. It's actually going to take some time and effort. Not, I wouldn't say time, because really, uh, you know, again, speaking of my own gaming experience, it doesn't take that long to say, all right, what do you do? Or what can you do? All right, great. Okay, cool. I can do this, this, and this. Awesome. Let's go. All right, I've, you know, run dungeons, raids. In less than a minute, you can set what everyone's doing. And I'm sorry, if you don't take the time to do that and you fail and then you start to complain, you have no one to blame but yourself because you couldn't take 30 seconds to say, hey, what are we all doing? Yeah, like, you can't coordinate. It's definitely going to make people yeah. a lot more aware of their fellow teammates as well as a lot more inter- community interaction between your group, which is a good thing. I got to... Um, sorry, did I just cut someone off? No, go for it. Nope. I got I to gotta be perfectly honest here. Um I don't see myself ever doing group dungeons. Uh, you will with us. Oh, you will. Sean. On, you what, don't know on yet. PlayStation? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't. I, I, there, there's, there's something that I, there's just, I, I don't like the, the idea of going into a location with like i don't know it doesn't say large or small group here but i guess what what's what's their size like four to four to five people or something versus like any of their larger ones yeah um 
I, I, I just don't like the notion of entering a location, in this case a dungeon, and I guess not necessarily playing to a specific role, because I do say here that, you know, you can pick, you know, you can do multiple different, uh, you can do multiple different functions, even if you're, you know, one class or whatever. There's just something about that that seems very still limiting, that, you know, you have to go through this and, like, you need to still, you know, work. I, I guess I don't like the idea, and, like, this is going to sound so counterintuitive, because, yeah, duh, this is a multi massively multiplayer game. There are other people in here. <laughs> no, I mean... You don't I, like that there I, are other I, people? Yeah, like, that's, that's literally <laughs> it. Like, I don't want to sound counterintuitive, but, like, that that that's really it for me like i i don't want to be limited by the way i play in order to i guess help others play with others accomplish a goal i don't know if that you know I'm trying to shank you talk the big bad guy who wants to sit out in a field and pick flowers but honestly dude you're amazingly bright you, you can pick things apart like nobody else and i could see you really putting together an awesome build that could could make anyone else shine it's it's not it's not that it's not that it's just that i don't i just don't like the notion and again it must be said and stressed that zoss is going to highlight this for you saying hey this is a solo dungeon hey this is a small group dungeon hey this is a bigger group dungeon they're going to tell you that so people like me can avoid it. But there's something about this that I don't necessarily like, that they they, they still kind of make you decide on what kind of function that you want to fulfill. Even though if it's not as limiting as previous MMOs, there, there's just something about that that I don't find appealing, even though I understand it is necessary for a group dungeon like this. But that's just my take on this. Yeah, it, it, it kind of has that hint that they don't want the Trinity, but they're still pleasing the trinity yeah, crowd they're still trying to they're trying to it sounds like they're they're not saying it outright but it still sounds like they're trying to cater towards that yeah i i get you i would rather them say you know don't worry about that about spec ask someone what awesome things they can do right yes i think i yeah i think that's a better way to say it. yes i feel that they should go at that a lot more Mm -hmm. All right, guys, we got to move on. Up sure. next, will there be conjuration? For example, Atronach, Necromancy, and Bound Weapons in ESO. I intend to play a support role for my clan, but I haven't seen evidence that the player can use conjuration spells. Before you even read it, Lou, I just want to mention <laughs> um, yes. the only way someone has not seen evidence of using conjuration in ESO is because you haven't looked at ESO. They like they just released a video showing the summoned Atronach. So, really, anyway, go ahead, Lou. I'm sorry. No, no, no. And Zoss answers. Players will be able to summon weapons, armor, and Atronach. However, you'll notice that compared to previous Elder Scrolls games, the schools of magic are a little different in ESO. And to add what Dave was saying, uh, yes, you sir or ma'am, whoever asked this question. Um, Google search is your best friend. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Anyway, oh, it's so cute. All right, moving on. Uh, after I saw 
all the footage. I wanted to ask if there was a way to play completely without magic, like weapons only, because every character I saw used spells of some sort. And Zoss replies, you can play without magic use at all. Simply place your skill points and weapon and armor skill lines. Fighter's Guild abilities are also an option if you prefer to avoid spells and magic altogether. Honestly, I can see me making a character... Mat me, son, kind of dude. Oh, I want to be able to beat people to death with my shield. You know Do we what? have to use swords? Can we just have two shields? Can dude, I, I was shields? just going to say that. When Skyrim was announced and they were like, hey, you guys can dual wield. I was like, I want to have two shields and I'm going to call my class or my, my character the Confused Turtle and just bash people <laughs> with two shields. <laughs> this turtle. Oh, that's beautiful. Confused turtle. Good lord, man. Oh, all right. Next, when you go to fight a monster, I can't get past confused turtle. I need a second, just to breathe. Uh, when you go fight a monster, how do you know if it's high or low level? Will the level be displayed on top, or does each level have a set of monsters? I need to know because I don't want to fight a monster and die. And Zoss replies, "Don't worry." Any monster's level will be displayed alongside its name. Uh, I'm actually no. going to ask this to Lou. Have you ever been in any game, well, other than maybe uh, the Elder Scrolls games, where enemies have levels and it doesn't display it? Uh, no. They've always had a level requirement. Or, even better, they had a color requirement. If it was yellow, it was better than you. Red, red meant you were dead. <laughs> yeah. So if but there's no it, numbers, I, you know, just use a color I code. get why this question was asked, though, because in Skyrim, you don't know the levels. I was just going to say, this This asks, This asks. looks like a question that I would ask. Like, this yeah. person is probably, like, he's exactly like me. Yeah, I, I can understand why this was asked. I get it. Uh, but yeah, you, it, every monster will have its, its, its personal level displayed. Um, if, a, if I expect most MMOs, if a monster's too high, they'll have some type of symbol that just is like a skull or an angry face or, <laughs> you know, a small child being smacked around. It's something that wants you to be, you know, not go near it. This is good, so I know what to run away from. Yes, if you see something that scares you, uh, taxes. It's a symbol of taxes. <laughs> then uh, don't don't attack that monster. So, anyway. Next question. Will it be possible to customize and shift the UI around a bit, and can I have more than one chat window for the PC version of the game? Which Zoss replies, Our UI layout is built with mostly static windows as far as the default configuration goes, but we are offering add-on support for UI mods for PC and Mac. So we expect our community will enable all the thousands of different variations you might want. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have a problem with this. Yeah, what's that? Alright, uh, a game that recently came out, an MMO, I thought that very same way. Uh, I'm looking at you, Star Wars Old Republic. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's just one of those little things that I guess I take for granted is the fact that why shouldn't I be allowed to fully customize you, my my user interface? 
I mean, I get it's your game, but you know what? I don't like Tor. I don't like having my chat window in the top left corner of the screen. <laughs> you know, and things being fixed where I can't move it to where it, it's uh, uncomfortable or uh, just annoying for me. Well, you know, they're trying to go with the minimalistic approach, but I completely understand that just like there's people wanting the minimalistic, there may be people who enjoy that. You know, I personally, when, when we were at PAX, I turned on all the, the health bars and, and uh, my skill bars and everything so I could always have that up at all times. I know that there were people freaking out because they were like, oh, my God, he has everything up on his screen. But I like the information at hand. Yeah, I, I was going to say, because like, I, I just recently started Rift, and I cannot even begin to tell you how much I hate the chat. I made it as small as possible, by the way. If anyone is on my live streams, you, you'll notice I made it as small as possible. Um, but one question I had for you guys, uh, and I, um, I may have asked this earlier, but now that we have a chat room here, that others might have the same mm -hmm. question. Go ahead. With the minimalistic UI approach that we know that uh, Zoss is going for here with the fadeaway chat, uh, well, not the you know the skill bars, etc. Uh, I guess part two questions. One is the chat fadeaway like is is that possible contextually? And two is that sort of fading of skill and action bars common in other MMOs? The Every MMO I've ever played has had the ability for your chat to fade. Mm -hmm. Every MMO. Yep. Um, as for the UI to fade, that's I've not seen that in another MMO that I've played. Lou, have you ever seen that? No, just the just the chat information, chat boxes. Those are the only right. ones I've ever seen that had the option to fade if they were inactive for a certain amount of time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's... I know that a lot of MMOs let you strip it down so it be can become minimalistic, but it, honestly, it's still always on the screen. Um, God, I hate I feel like that's so immersion. Like, you're just walking around, and all of a sudden, doo -doo, something pops up. Hey, guys, you, you know, have this item. It's like, come on. I'm just trying to enjoy my game and just explore. The more you get used to it being there, the more you put up blinders to it. But see, that's the thing. I don't want to have to get used to it. I just want an option to either turn it off or leave it there. Like I would really like. I'm I, I I'm not trying to hate. I'm just saying like, coming from again the single player camp, I like my immersion. And I know if you play MMOs, you will. You know, you're gonna get used to it. But I, I don't think that you should have to get used to that. I think you should have an option to get rid of it or have it. You know, fade or something like that because. I don't know, man. <laughs> Even in like Rift, it's 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 kind of, it's pretty distracting. But you know, you know, this is one of those things that is so integral to the to you know being two sides of the same coin. You got your single players, single player games that you basically don't want to see anything on the screen. I, I you, don't. I mean, that's just me. Even right. even when I play shooters, I turn off everything. And then the MMO crowd would say the exact opposite: the more information, the better. So where do you find the middle ground in ESO? Because it is absolutely that. It's it is you know, the there's single player <laughs> games with with the multiplayer. Dude, they're gonna have to be able to to cater to you. They're gonna have to, but they're gonna have to cater to me too. No, I, I completely agree. And I, I think, you know, having 
it's it's like they've been saying, Lou, you made a great point last week. They've been really good about giving people options. Mm-hmm. I think if they provide options with this, saying, you know, literally if they said, okay, you can turn on or off this element of the UI, I honestly like it's it's simple, but I feel like that would that would go a long way for both camps. It really would. But that's my opinion. <laughs> I don't, where do you stand on this, Lou? Minimalist or more information, the better? I personally like more information on the screen. Uh, and I also like UI. Well, I, 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 now, I want to bring in, I'm sorry. Uh, when I say more information, I don't mean clutter. Oh, right, right. Yes, let me let me streamline that. Let me, let me paraphrase. Let me actually rephrase that. Uh, I like to have information presented to me on screen, but in a, I guess, a, a, a much more... Uh, friendly manner, okay? Because I've seen some UIs from other MMOs that are just god awful, okay? Where they think to throw everything at you at once is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, now, with that being said, okay, I would like to be able to fully move everything around on my screen, okay? Like we see in Rift, okay? Rift, you can move every damn element in the UI, everything. All right, you can size it, scale it, move it around, put it anywhere on the screen you want. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to see all the relative bits of information I want to see that are important to me. And we'll say, I want to put chat information here. I want to see my comment information here. I want to see navigational markers, quest markers, everything on this part of the screen. All right, Give me the option to see it, that information, but put it in a manner that I find comfortable for me. All right. Um, one other thing. Uh, let's see. We got two more things we got to go through here, really quick. Um, will spells only be tied to staves or and classes, or will we see fireballs, ebony flesh, illusions, and other spells given us through mages guild or other skill lines? It's us answers. You will definitely get spells from places other than just the class skill lines. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely. I want to say to whoever this is, um, not once has weapons been tied to spells. They've never said that. So, uh, I mean, to only to the point where you use this skill while you have this weapon equipped. That's one thing. But spells themselves have not been, you know, you pick up a, a, a fire staff. It gives you fireball. That is not in this game. That's that's not how it worked. <laughs> uh, Lord, this is, uh, I this game needs to be, go, they need to open beta now. You, I mean, you know, okay, I, I'll wait till the end to uh, comment on that. Okay, yeah, let's let's move on. Um, this next one says, you said that we will all be able to unlock almost all skills and talents. There will be enough shards. Will shards be harder and harder to get? Example, behind hard dungeon bosses or high grounds where you need to solve puzzles by jumping? Or would it be mostly the same difficulty and just time consuming? Which Zoss replies, sky shards are meant to reward exploration rather than killing bosses or completing jumping puzzles. Some are well hidden in devious places, but you'll be able to find them through exploration. Oh my god, I'm going to get all these. (laughs) Shank, bro, you up for it? 
Explore, like, see, this is the thing. They keep, I, they keep talking about this exploration, which is a great, great thing. I just want to see, like, a, for you Elder Scrolls fans, here's this video. For you MMO fans, here's this video. You know, like, kind of, like, showcasing this. But the fact that it's, they're saying devious places, that makes me quite excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm, I'm excited for this. Because I know that I will go probably first thing and have a million of these. I know that I will. Um, anyway, the question of the night. Where's my beta key? And Zoss replies, I was going to deliver it to you in person, but I ran out of Magicka. My mount went lame. I didn't have enough gold for the way shrine. My robes didn't come back from the alchemists. An old friend stopped by from Akavir. <laughs> Someone stole my horse. There was an earthquake. A terrible flood. Flesh flies. It wasn't my fault. I swear to the divines. Excuses aside, we've sent out tens of thousands of beta keys already. Keep in mind, though, that 3 million fans have signed up so far. The beta is growing fast, and we're going to keep sending invites. Don't lose hope. Anytime we send new invites, you'll see a post here and on social media. Oh, Lord. They need to open it now. Yeah, this is... I. Twofold. Um, one, this they need to have an open beta. They really, really, really need to do it because they they they've talked about. I mean, they, if you just go back through their archives here, they have a ton of information, a lot of good information that they've had. And man, for people, especially now, especially now more than ever, they came out with their business model just last week. Uh, yeah, last week. So like a little bit over a week ago. You can see, I mean, I mean, for example, there's people like me who are, you know, now who are buying it are not so sure at this point. Having an open beta, people like me now need to be convinced. Having an open beta will go great lengths to do that. Get people like us and, you know, any other just people in the game that still have doubts, get them in the game. Let them experience it. If it's worth the $15, then let them experience that so they can make that decision for themselves going forward. I think the more people we have who know about this game, who have experience with this game, we're, we're going to see less and less, um, you know, I guess, criticisms or any other spamming on Twitter. You know, yeah, I, there's definitely going to be a lot more understanding. Exactly. And, and I mean, you, you can hear it in my voice. I'm one of those few that are, you know, I'm, I'm definitely hesitant. I'm a little bit afraid. So if you get more people in there, you're going to get a lot more people understanding of what Zoss is doing. And I think, I mean, this is an appeal to Zenimax, honestly, if you're listening to the show. No, I know. It, it, honestly, they, they really should stay in closed beta until the, the beta's ready. But dudes, it's like... Yeah, honestly, what it is, is they, they have this little prize in a box. They're talking about, oh my god, it's so great! But not letting anybody look into it. And they're mm -hmm. letting a few people, but they're not telling people what it is. Just look at it. It's awesome. But it's messing with people. Like, they're they're picking you know, stray w sentences apart and, and not looking at the thing as a whole. 
and they're they're confusing themselves and it's time that they gotta i if they're not gonna do an open beta they really i'm hoping that pax prime they put out so much more hands-on and yes. so much more um delving into what they do have complete that that they give people more of an idea yeah they, they I, just gotta do something here because it's yeah. I mean, to be frank, they, we've said this multiple times. They're trying to appeal to both camps, which is really, really not easy. It is very, very difficult. I think, Dave, you made a great point. At PAX, if they released some footage, some sort of information saying, literally not talking about the game as a whole, but literally talking about it as two separate games, saying, hey, you are Elder Scrolls fans. You've never played an MMO. Look at all the cool stuff you can do. And to other people, hey, Dave, you are an MMO veteran. Look at all the cool stuff you guys can do. I think even if they just put out, I mean, yeah, those are going to be two different videos. But having, just think about the information that would be in there. I think that would go, that's very hugely important, I think. Yeah, it really is. And I feel that at the moment, they're not wanting to come out right and say that there are two camps but there are two. They definitely. I mean, just look at, dude. Look at our twitters. Look at our emails. Oh yeah, it's definitely. It, it, there's no in between people. Look it's at look like, at our show. It's obvious. <laughs> and <laughs> the problem is, is that we are all in love with the same singular game, and mm-hmm. that's what they're trying to put out is the singular game. But there's so many aspects to an MMO that they really need to pick it apart and display every bit of it. Or else people are going to come in with expectations that it's going to be, you know, far left or far right into one of the two camps and not be able to take it for what it is. Yes, I agree. I mean, like, if we look at our show, just look at this show, for example. This is like a perfect demographic of what the audience are trying to cater to. (laughs) So, Lou, what were your thoughts, dude? We sound like political people (laughs) discussing crap, don't we? I would hope for now. Um, I mean, they obviously have the closed beta period going on now. All right, and, ho- and hopefully those closed beta testers are doing the right thing and sending those reports, giving back, giving their feedback uh, to Zoss so that they can improve the game. Um, one of the biggest problems I've ha- I have with the beta testing community, uh, especially the past few years, is that I have found and met people online who don't think of it as beta testing, but they see it as their first chance to actually play the damn game as opposed to helping the game out by seeing what's wrong with it, okay? Uh, they, they, they complain, whine, and bitch about stuff being wrong in the game, and hey, Sunshine, it's a beta period. You're supposed to give that feedback. Nothing's supposed to work properly. That's why it's in a beta period, All right? You're here for a reason. Shoot, right. I could go for playing the beta right now. Yeah. Send me a beta invite. It's like yes, I'll have play the hell out of it. It's like yes, have fun. But guess what? You're here to help them out, test the game. So break. I'll find it. bugs. I'll break it for them. All right. If you're not gonna help give positive feedback, you know what? You're not doing Zoss any services. Then you're not doing them any favors by not doing anything for them. All right. They're asking you, the players, to help test their game. If you're not gonna do it, don't bother signing up for the beta. Yeah, I really feel that a lot of people, including myself, I, I do just want to play the damn game. Me too. <laughs> uh, but honestly, that's what a beta is for, is is not playing the damn game, but fixing it. Making sure that all the bugs are swept out of it. 
that's what it's all about. Especially the the further we get into the beta, the more they add into it, the more that can break. And they want to find those little breaks and patch them and fix them and, and make sure that when the, the it finally does come out, it's pristine. Mm-hmm. And, and then you'll be able to play it in all that it's worth playing. But Absolutely. damn if I don't want to play the hell out of it already. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right, guys, that was the ask us anything. And I think we're we're man, that took up most of our show. We're actually going to have to move through here. Uh, Up next in the news is you can play ESO at PAX Prime. Yes, we've been talking about this whole episode going to PAX Prime. You can go get your hands on at the Elder Scrolls online booth. And if you're a jerk, you can stop by the fast the food truck that they have for an Elder Scrolls online snack. Hey, Lou, did you ever eat at the food truck? All right, guys, I'm going to kick you out of the dang call again. Not at the food truck, <laughs> but at the media event after the first day of PAX East. <laughs> when they had all the food available at the truck. <laughs> yeah, it, It's funny because when Maluka was here, I, I actually had pressed Eidermouth with her. So I hate you guys. Hey, Dave, did you did you eat at the food? Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yeah. It's really going to mess up the show <laughs> if I flip this table. <laughs> oh, I hate you guys so much. I didn't get to have it. it oh, my God. <laughs> uh, all right. They say, we're looking forward to PAX this weekend, and we hope you see you there. ESO will be playable at booth 2014 in the exhibit hall, where you'll also be able to, to purchase shirts, lithographs, and more ESO goodies. They say exploring all the exciting PAX exhibits and activities is hungry work. So our ESO food truck will be bringing you free food at 802 Pine Street from 11.30 a.m. until 3 p.m. on Saturday, August 31st. Don't miss out on your free pressed Elder Melt ESO swag and a chance to meet up with other fans. And I'd like to say, God, I hate Joe Varwin and, and Brian so much. <laughs> so much so much all right eso creative director paul sage will be on a panelist on this year's future of the online games panel at oh. pax prime the panel is on friday august 30th from 1 30 p.m to 2 30 p.m uh that's pacific or 4 30 p.m eastern in the serpent theater remember guys GamesCon has just come and went. That was over there in the UK. And uh no, in, no, in it was it was in Germany. That's oh right, it was in Germany. That's <laughs> not the UK. I'm sorry. I, I get mixed. <laughs> it was in Cologne. And I always when I think Cologne, I don't think Germany. It's oh Lord. I'm I messed up. Sorry guys. Sorry, Germany. Sorry, sorry, Monovan. Shank told me to do it. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Gamescon was held this year in Cologne, Germany. Uh, official Gamescon 2013 award for best role-playing game? ESO. Official Gamescon 2013 award for best social, casual, or online game? ESO. That's right. PC Games won the best PC game. From a German video game website, GameStar, they they won. Uh, also, PlayStation Universe 
best RPG. So won a lot of awards there at Gamescon. Lou, if you can get number four for me. Okay. Our next item. Vote for ESO in this year's Golden Joystick Gaty Awards 2013 at <laughs> com. Elder Scrolls Online is a nominee in the Most Wanted category. So head over to the website and cast your vote for ESO. That that awards made me so mad, dude. They best visuals. They didn't even have Crisis in there. I was like, really? Really? Yeah, really? they didn't. How do you Wait, not have? Yes, let me guess. Call of Duty was in every category. I actually did not see. I, I Call would of Duty. be willing to bet because if it if they are obviously blaring you know blaringly not paying attention to what's happening in the gaming world they're probably looking at call of duty it was i couldn't believe it dude i was like okay crisis 3 and you don't have it in your best visuals what like are you blind i i was mad but anyway this is elder scrolls so <laughs> yeah I, I i know i'm hating on call of duty but come on dude game of the year what just because they put out a game that year <clears throat> last of us <clears throat> yeah i know last of us was amazing Anyway, moving on. We have the dev <laughs> question of, of the week um, right here for you for me to play. It says, here's the dev question of the week. This week, they're going to ask you a little bit about crafting in ESO. Let's watch the video. See if you can uh, share your answers with us. People in the chat room, get ready with your answers. From today, Lindsay Beaver. <laughs> Hi, my name is Lindsay Beaver. I'm a QA tester on the Dungeon Team, working at Zenimax Online Studios. In Tamriel, a well-crafted weapon and strong enchantments can give you a competitive advantage in combat. In the Elder Scrolls Online, crafters can choose from armorsmithing, enchanting, alchemy, weaponsmithing, and provisioning. So, what expertly crafted items is your character going to be known for creating? All right, uh, the question was, which crafting would you go with in for uh, ESO? Hmm. That's actually... Hmm. Because I know weaponsmith and armorsmith are different. Yes, they are. Your <sighs> weaponsmith and armorsmith are going to be different. Honestly, I do it every time. I'm probably gonna go enchanting. Well, hold on, because they said that you can you can do all of them, but you can only master one of them, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is it if they're asking what I want to master? Good lord, probably provisioning. Provisioning, really? No, honestly, because I've never done it in any other game. Like, I've never, and you see in Elder, especially in Skyrim, you see all those campfires, and you can cook things, for God's sakes, but, like, that's not a skill. Like, you can catch fish, you can use the little cooking pots, and you don't get any, you know, skill for that. Like, I would, I, I, I think it looks like El so ESO is going to take that concept. one thing you haven't done yet, huh? It's the well. It's the thing that you can't skill up in. So I, I would love to be rewarded for that. That's probably what I want to master in, just because it's totally new. Yeah. All right. I, I again, I I would have to say enchanting because 
I made money hand over fist in Rift enchanting uh, with the rune crafting. And I, I made money hand over fist in WoW enchanting for the longest time. But honestly, I'm probably going to find out which one makes bags and do that first. You can make bag like inventory stuff? Yeah, if I can make bags, I'm probably going to do that. Can I don't I know. do that in Rift? I, yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even remember that. Uh, what? In ESO, you don't have a bag size, do you? Do you have bags in ESO? No, they said it's uh, it's like a regular sort of inventory, but it's like a hybrid of like your encumbrance. Oh, then I'm going to have to figure out something new, aren't I? Because it, it didn't... Dude, I'm out of my element. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, see? See? What the hell am I going to do? Enchantment. I'm going to have to go enchanting. <laughs> In provision with me. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, dude, Lou, what about you, dude? What am I going to do? I can't make bags! <laughs> I will probably... Oh, man. Uh, I guess it depends on which class I play first. I mean, if I go for the Nightblade that they've shown, then I'll probably go... Armorsmith, so at least I can make the armor for that uh, that particular character. Max that out. And then I will wholeheartedly make other alts and max out all the other professions. And be self-sufficient. Alt, what's an alt? This it, is this is foreign okay. to me, kind of like third-person perspective. Shank, Shank. <laughs> you play games to explore. Lou plays games to make new ones and make new ones and make new ones <laughs> make new ones and make new ones. And make and new make ones. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just, it's just foreign to me. This, this concept of alts and third person. I've, I've never even. Well, third person is how you're supposed to play a game. Just so we're clearing that up too. I don't even know what that is until like I started Rift. I was like, what is that? <laughs> how did you play Diablo? <laughs> uh, don't tell me you haven't played Diablo. You can zoom in on Diablo. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, you can zoom in. But no, nah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's. <laughs> I play because it's totally different. But actually, I have a question for you guys on that after the show. But okay, okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, Shank, um, I'm formally inviting you Sunday night if you'd like to come join me on my stream. On Sunday night, I'll be streaming uh, for Rift instead of the show. We'll be doing a live noobs corner where I go through a lot of things that we haven't discussed on the show that we really can't uh, go through on the show and describe. Things that you have to see to believe. Gotcha. Well, dude, if I'm free, I will definitely hop on. Well, you're very welcome to do it. Um, all right, guys, let's let's go ahead and move on uh, this week for the Mod Challenge. Last week, Shank... <laughs> you were challenged with something you've never seen before with the better cities at Oblivion from NexusMods.com. Yes, I was. Uh, so if you remember from last week, I had I had I, I had never seen this mod before. In fact, I had never played it um, ever before because I don't think I've actually ever played Oblivion. So I <laughs> I was tasked with this mod. And uh, what this mod, this is, you can find this over at uh, Oblivion Nexus called Better Cities. And what it is, is it's basically 
they, they you take the the main uh, the nine cities in the game and they you this uh, the author it's actually a series of authors they augment it and from what I played and so it's not just augmenting it you know physically by adding stuff here and there but it's also you know they add quests and other NPCs and stuff so it's it's kind of like you, you kind of get like the whole package with this mod which is which is good so he, here are my pros and cons pros it adds a lot to the game um, it's it's quite immersive I really did like it it's it's a very I mean if you like I'll say if you have a similar play style like I do, which is, you know, you walk in, you walk everywhere, you take in, you know, everything, you take in your environment and you genuinely like, you know, interacting with uh, the world, as it were, you'll like this because it adds new location areas as well as quests. Now, the cons of this, uh, I had an issue where, gosh, I can't remember the mod, but I had an issue where I had a conflict, and it was uh, basically it was messing with the nav mesh. Nav mesh is basically like if you can walk on like a surface, and I had some crashes due to that. But so I'd say I, I recommend this mod. It's good. You will like it. It adds stuff to the game, which is really cool. Um, but just be careful um, if you have mods that edit the nav mesh, as that may cause some crashes. But uh, that's all I got, man. It's, it's good. Go get it. All right. And this week's mod suggestion, I'm going to defer to Lou. All right, folks, because Yvarwin isn't here, because he and Joe and Brian are over at PAX Prime. Jerks. Uh, <laughs> so there's no mod challenge. But I thought, just for fun, for everyone to try, you know, to take a look at it, what's out available now in the Steam Workshop, it's called the Fellowship in Skyrim. And I know folks like Joe Bradford will appreciate this. And it's exactly what it means. It's the Fellowship. The Fellowship of the Ring in Skyrim. This mod will add the Fellowship of the Ring from the Lord of the Rings films as followers in Skyrim. You'll find them all hanging around a campfire on the route to High Hrothgar. It's in the area just after when you first experienced that frost troll. Okay. God, they that yeah. frost troll. Yes, I hate that guy to this day. Every character <laughs> I start, I always get killed. No matter you can what actually happens. glitch it. If you go up the mountain around it, you can glitch it so it doesn't spawn. Dude. Right, well, I'll talk later about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, the, and uh, the mod is, again, the Fellowship in Skyrim. It's by JP Doctor on Steam Workshop. And he has a little note there. He says, be sure to let the data files finish updating when starting the game for the first time after downloading and make sure that the mod is active in your load order. All right, so if you use things like uh, Nexus Mod Manager or the data file manager in Skyrim itself, make sure it's in there and it's properly loaded. Okay. And the reason why he did this is because he wanted to make a complete fellowship mod that really made the characters look like they should. And... Speak my own experience, I have used previous mods like this in the past. And, you know, kudos to those creators for trying to do their best. But from what JP Doctor put out, it looks amazing. I mean, you'll have half, you know, you'll have, you know, Frodo, Sam, okay, Merry and Pippin. Yes, you could tell the halflings because they're shorter than everyone else. Okay, he was able to shrink them down to size, you know, to a point. Same thing when you see Gimli. You can tell he's a dwarf. He's actually broader than either the halflings or the men. Okay, and he looks like a dwarf. 
And he's done a great job of trying to uh, get the armor that's in the game to look as close to what he can within the movies. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. That and, is really awesome. Okay. Uh, the other caveat is, yeah, he's stuck with the vanilla voices in Skyrim, so there is that. But there are also uh, epic Lord of the Rings weapons mods in the game, okay, that you've seen there on, on the workshop in Steam or in oh, Nexus, okay, yeah. where you have the modders actually recreate everyone's weapons, all right? So you can give Gandalf his staff, and you can give him Glamdring, all right? You can give Frodo Sting, all right? Oh. And all the weapons that are out there, and add that on with this, and man, you can go to town with this and, mod. And Lou, and Lou, plus, if you get the Lord of the Rings soundtrack mod... Yes, which I have and Brian have. <laughs> it's even better. And if you use Ultimate Followers Overhaul, that mod, all right, you can have up to five, or I think there are other mods out there, you can have all of the Fellowship active as your followers. So imagine that. Oh, Lordy. Oh, I want to touch it. <laughs> all right, anyway, um, I'm having a, an... I'm, Oh, I hang on. Dave is second. having a crisis right now. I need to hug my Silmarillion. All right. Yes, baby. I heard it too. All right. Come on. Okay. Uh, wow. That is freaking amazing, dude. I'm, I'm downloading that right when we turn <laughs> off the show. And as Kirill pointed out in the chat room, yes, UFO allows you to have 15 followers, so go to town, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Go for it. Oh, that's addicting. All right. Uh, we're about to get into some emails, but right before we do that, I want to mention that my stream on Thursdays, uh, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern and ending at 3 p.m. Eastern, I have been doing uh, Dean Goes Daedric. I don't know who's been following that, but we have been doing it. And uh, I want to say that today I did it. I have got every Daedric weapon. Nice. Every Daedric item in the game, I got the achievement for it. Dude, sick. Yeah, I know. I got to work on that now. <laughs> I got to do it. So I'm, I am so excited about that. Up next, announcing it, Dian goes draconic, getting every dragon shout and dragon priest mask. Ooh, that right. dragon priest. Good luck with that, dude. <laughs> I've done it before, but I'm gonna do it again. So I know the chat room's going, ooh, oh, snap, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm calling it right now. So that's, again, Thursdays, 1 p.m. Eastern. See you there. All right. Moving on. Emails. Uh, Let's go down the list. Take them as they come. For Michael D. says, hey, Elder Scrolls off the record crew. Hi. Hey. It's been a while since I wrote in, but I want to ask about something that's been on my mind lately. As the fine, responsible adults that you are, <laughs> why would you... I know, it's funny. Why would you think Skyrim was rated M? Is there anything specifically mature that you find in the game beside the violence that would warrant the rating? Also, as a follow-up, it seems that the speculation surrounding ESO's ESRB rating is that it will most likely be rated T. First off, what do you think... ESO will be rated, and if it is T, what kind of stuff won't be in the game that was in previous The Elder Scrolls games? Love the network. Keep on keeping on. That's from Michael D. Uh, guys, any, any reason why Skyrim is rated M other than 
you know, first scene in the game having a dude's head cut off? Uh, I have my theories on his his questions here, but I'm <laughs> Lou. Did you have anything? Uh, yeah. Uh, Michael, who's handle is Dutch ain't Dutch in the chat. Okay. Well, <laughs> Michael, that actually does warrant an M rating. If you actually read the guidelines in the ESRB, uh, things of that nature. Okay, especially that graphic, especially with technology and where it can be that graphic. Okay, whether it's in the first ten minutes, right? Whether <laughs> it's even. yeah, whether it's physical violence, sexual violence, any type of violence whatsoever, or just the the nature of the topics being discussed in the game. All right, that does that will warrant an M rating. For example, uh, I'll, I'll bring in a, uh, an Outworld example, another world, other game example. Okay, I used to play a game, still do, pen and paper called Vampire: The Masquerade. Oh, Lord. Okay. That game, even though it's pen and paper and it's an RPG, definitely warrants an M rating. You know why? Because it involves elements in the real world that we, as you know, normal adults, would find shocking or stuff we won't talk about at all. You know, that's the stuff you yeah. see on crime um, shows. Or... Very similar. I ate a guy today in Skyrim. Okay. Yeah. Cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's or, not just violence; it's just all how all about other things. Page one of the lusty Argonian maid. Mm, that's that's more like PG thirteen. That that's nuanced. That's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I have a theory about the uh, the ESO one, if I may. Yeah, go for it. I and this is my personal hope versus what I think. I I think it will be rated teen to reach the broadest audience possible. It's it's why you see a lot of movies rated PG thirteen because you want to appeal to everybody. Um, now, my personal hope is that it's rated mature. Why do I want that? Because I don't want the game to hold back. I wanted to. I guess part of the part of the part of the reason I like the Elder Scrolls is because it is. I mean, yeah, you get kids playing it, but it is. It does have mature themes in there. And I don't want to see any of that kind of taken away from Elder Scrolls Online just because, you know, it's an MMO, etc. I would like to see that kind of thing because, I mean, it's a video game, man. I, 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 want, it, I want that kind of like escapism. So I would, I would like to see those kind of mature themes continue in Elder Scrolls Online. But I still think it's going to be ended up rated teen. Um, there's a dungeon in wow called karazan and it when it released it was planned to be a two-part dungeon it was a raid and also a a second raid where it was called uh the karazan uh prison where you were supposed to be able to go into it and people still glitch into it today where they can see these desiccated husks of people ripped apart and hanging from the ceiling and it was it was deemed just by that by you know dead bodies being hanging from hooks from the ceiling designated to be too graphic even in wow graphics where wow graphics are damn near minecraft it was deemed to be too (laughs) graphic to be put into a teen game and they didn't make that dungeon because of it now when they say teen, they're they damn well aren't kidding. It, it it to be a teen rating, it can't have depictions of outwardly obs, you know obtuse violence. And and 
you know, it's hard to even let them use swords on people without it being, you know, it's difficult to even get that through. So they're going to make it team to reach the most people because for the grand majority, all successful MMOs have been teen or, or lesser rating. Yeah, man. And that's one, that's the reason why, even though people beg and plead me, you will never see Witcher streamed on our Twitch channel. Yeah. (laughs) Good Lord. We're not. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So, uh, Lou, can you please take the second one? Uh, I know it's long, but we'll just muscle through this one. Okay. Prairie Souls, everyone. This next email comes from Dimitri S. Hello again to everyone from ESO TR. Hey, thank you for answering my question last week. It was informative and helpful. I am on my way to enjoying the Elder Scrolls series. Today, I wanted to write to you and express my happiness that Zoss chose a subscription model for ESO. I am so happy to pay $15 per month and please allow me to make a few important points that everyone needs to think about. I have personally been paying a monthly fee for years now and have no regrets. People need to understand that with this fee, they will be getting a premium service that a buy-to-play or free-to-play model can't give to the gamer. Here are some points in no particular order that you get with having a subscription model. Uh, Let's go ahead and cut down the points to just what will or will not be in. Go ahead, Luke. All right. First point. Gold farmers and bots. Two. Paying a subscription, you will not be harassed. Three, community. Four, in-game customer service, mainly game masters. All right, what he's mentioning is gold farmers and bots will be a lot less because they will not be able to just walk in freely. Paying a subscription, you will not be harassed because uh, the people who... Are, you can report them, will have suspensions from the game. It keeps a lot of people a lot more respectful. Three, community. People who pay for a game are more likely to be a lot more dedicated to that game. Four, in-game customer service, mainly game masters, are having paychecks steadily paid to them. So they're going to be on call at all times. I've got my take on this. Do you mind? Go for it. Go for it. Um, One, I don't know enough about, so I'm not going to pretend to speak about that. Um, Two, yeah, don't know much about that. Three, (laughs) um, three, the... The community thing, he uh, he mentions here, when people play uh, pay a monthly fee, they're more likely to be hardcore and dedicated to a good portion of their time and affection towards the game. Um, I kind of half agree with him here. Um, I think, yes, if you're if you're committed enough to a game, you I mean you will pay for it. But I mean I I consider myself a true like diehard Elder Scrolls fan. But that yeah. It, the subscription is the thing that's keeping me from it, and the, I, I know I'm I know I'm not alone. There's there's people who agree with me. There's going to be people who disagree with me here, but I I don't think that 
only the people that pay subscriptions are going to be the most hardcore because there may be very, you know, dedicated yeah, elders. <laughs> there, there will be dedicated Elder Scrolls fans out there who were on the fence, but the subscription fee may have chased them away. So I, I don't think that's necessarily true what he's saying here. I know a lot of people feel like this. I mean, the gold farmers and bots, you definitely see more in a free-to-play model, but it's not going to stop them at all. That isn't going to stop them. They're going to have their... People are going to have their accounts hacked no matter how big, how good your security is. It's going to be broken through. As as a network security specialist, with I, I have a CCNA. That's what I do. There's no wall built that can't be broke through with enough pressure. Okay? People are going to break through. They're going to hijack accounts. They're going to spam and farm and bot. But it's going to be a lot more difficult than in a free-to-play where they can just make a new account and, and do it on their own. So, But they're still going to be... Their gold farmers are still going to be bots. I log into Rift every time I'm going to have... I usually have to you know, kick out probably two or three spams a week. Because it's a free-to-play model. I get it. You know, it's okay. But honestly, in WoW, I had the same thing. And that's a pay-to-play. Subscription. So, as for people being harassed in subscriptions, you, I, the biggest thing there is you're not going to have the 14-year-old kid, you know, who doesn't have a, a paying job, isn't going to be in there, you know, calling you a noob every five seconds because... He wants to put somebody down that day. You're actually going to have the people who are reasonable adults. But. Okay, so you're, you're saying. You, just because you pay for it, you're not going to get those people. Yes, you're not going to have. Well, for the grand majority, because. I know uh, free-to-play games, you have a lot more of the younger crowd who just want to play a game, uh-huh. sub-up. And uh, pay-to-play games, you you very much limit that group of people. Couldn't uh, you just, like, turn... I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, couldn't you just, like, I don't know, like, make your chat small or, like, turn off your... your if that game has invo- game voice or something, couldn't you just do that? and like Because, I mean, I play... A, a comparison that's commonly drawn is Call of Duty. I play Call of Duty a lot on Xbox, but I don't hear any 12-year-olds or 8-year-olds, like, complaining and yelling because I just mute everything, you know? So it is... I, I can't imagine that... There are many people who want to play many ways. There are people who enjoy the community interactions. I get it that you like to mute it, but there are people who actually want to use the general chat for general chat. So, okay, so I guess, like, I guess my question is a little bit uh, naive then, because I was wondering, like, could you... Gosh, could, could, could you, like, target your chat to only speak to certain people? But that defeats the purpose of an MMO. No, I mean, like, saying, like, <laughs> if, you're in a, if you're in a party or something, could you well, say, yes. like, only talk to that party? Yes, absolutely, and I do. Everyone does when they're in that situation, but if you're just wanting to deal with your server or uh-huh. group of people, you don't want, you know, to say, hey, can I have this, and someone, you know, you know, ha- immediately have five or six people be, you know, childish, you know, how many times have you have, uh, Lou, have you been in WoW where someone says looking for this 
and then you have a string of people afterwards typing the word anal and then linking that item. Too many to count. <laughs> yeah. Way so, too many. I mean, they all, there's, what the, that's called is being trolls, is when you have people harassing other players in chat. And you find that a lot less when people have uh, maturity. And that comes a lot more in, in subscription model games than free-to-play. Okay, cool. No, I was just trying to understand it. Yeah. Uh, up For the community thing, I agree with you, Shank. I, I do not agree that paying for a game forces a good and dedicated community. Yeah. That, that is not what makes a dedicated community. A good game makes a dedicated community. Yes, that's, that's what I was trying to say, <laughs> but you said it better. <laughs> That it, I completely agree with what you're saying, though, Shank. Um, as for the game masters, they have a steady paycheck. They're going to do their job. If they don't have a steady paycheck, they're probably are going to get fired and, and have limited game masters on hand. We've seen that. I you can feel it if you play uh, Rift before and after the free to play change. You can feel it. I know I can. I've I've had to try to deal with support after they've went free to play and it's like Ugh! it's terrible. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh Shank. Sure. You got yeah. anything else on that? No, 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 man. I'm good. Lou. Yep, if I may. Uh I just want to yep. answer Dimitri and actually address some of the uh, the points in chat as well. Mm-hmm. Uh point number one, gold farmers and bots. Uh every game has them. All right, to a lesser extent, subs. All right, is not going to drive it away because you can't. As you pointed out, Dave, you can't drive it away. All right, the the gold farmers and the bots will always find a way into any game. Yeah, if, right? they, if they can make money out of it, they're going to try. Right, exactly. If there's a way to make money from it, they'll find a way, and there is going to be there. Um, the I think what he's trying to get to the point he's trying to make, and the point I'm trying to make as well is. It's to a lesser degree. All right? It's not as noticeable where you're having to block five people every ten seconds as opposed to one person every hour. All right. Now that's that's, that's just I'm just making that stat up, but all right, there is that difference. Okay, or having to turn off general chat entirely, or trade chat off entirely, just because they're there spamming those channels. Okay. Uh, forcing these people who are gold farmers and bots in the game to actually shell out their own money or someone else's money because hacking their accounts. <laughs> Okay, makes it a lot harder. But of course, the problem never goes away, but you can control the extent of what's done. All right. The second point paying subscription will not be harassed. That is totally untrue. <laughs> uh, I, I know he's trying to make that point, but it doesn't happen because human beings, being who they are, there will be asshats everywhere in a game. It doesn't matter yeah, what game you play. If anything, you're trading the people who can just walk in and be jerks for the people who feel that they're entitled because they're paying a subscription. Right. So you're not going to be harassed? No, that's that's unfounded because there'll always be people who are just jerks in real life and it translates into the gameplay. <laughs> or, you know, if some communities like in EVE Online, or I play that game, there are no holes barred in that game. Okay, so you can be the nicest person in the world, but now you're in a game where you can be a totally different person and be a total jerk to other players. Okay, 
hey, you know what? If it happens, it happens. All right. I'm, I, you know, I, I myself, when I play game online, I'm a jerk to other players. You know why? Because I can. You know, wow. I, I can ruin other players' experiences because I can do so. <laughs> wow, that's horrible. Um, but you know, but you know, that's the kind of, of uh, I, I guess, that's one way of seeing it. This harassment doesn't go away. It's how you control it. How you get the players to police themselves in doing it. Okay. Community, as you guys have said, the best line right there. A great game makes a great community. If you have a game, you have a product that brings people together, that makes them want to cooperate, makes them want to group up, become friends, and tackle content, or just hang out, that's what brings the community. It doesn't matter if it's free-to-play, buy-to-play, sub-to-play. It, it's immaterial. It's the game that makes the community not the submodel or lack of. And then the last point, in-game customer service, mainly game masters. Yeah, uh, I will agree with them on that. If you have a sub-fee, part of that goes with paying overhead. And what's that overhead come down to? Part of it is going to play, you're paying for in-game customer service, whether it's on a chat service, on the main website, or game masters who are actually there to take care of things in-game, that you don't have to go offline and go on the website and ask for to speak to representative or make a phone call or what have you. All right, you can actually have a person whose sole job for Zas is to, you know, go on the mega server and for those eight nine hours that they're there, they're going to take care of whatever little things they can. Hey, a person stuck in game, they'll get them unstuck. If they're missing stuff in inventory, right then and there, they can see the trace log. All right, cool. All right, I'll fix it. You got it back. Here, poof, you got your stuff back. Yeah, it's a lot nicer when you have 24-hour, 365 service. Right. Because, you know, it makes life a lot better. And uh, having to wait till 6 a.m. just to put in a ticket, meh. Exactly. And I'll even say, you know what, point four, again, just to reiterate, in-game customer service, mainly game masters, will take care of one and two, meaning the gold farmers, bots, and the harassment. You know why? Because... All right, I'll go back to my EQ1 days. Active GMs playing on every server. You had some 12-year-old acting like a jerk. Guess what? The GM says, here's your warning. Do it again. I'm going to ban you from the server. Okay, right then and there. That kid learns, that, that child or whoever learns a lesson for that day or two days or three days. You know what? Because they had the power to say, you know what? You're gone for four days. Have fun. You know what? Because you're, you're, you're violating our rules and policies. I'll tell you from adminning on the Minecraft server, I don't care how old you are. If you're acting like a child, you're a child, and I'm going to treat you like one. And that's honestly how game masters should do, deal with things. But if they're not there to, to do their job because they can't afford to be paid, then life is not as nice as it could be. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, that, that goes a long way. I mean, I personally ask, I'm all favor for a hybrid model. Okay, free to play model and a sub fee. All right, but I, I I don't want to say you know, don't describe the fact that they have a sub model. All right, because the game, in the end, Zoss is a business. All right, yep. They need to make money. They, all right, AAA MMO. They made, they secured a AAA line of credit, which has to be paid back. <laughs> okay, and to keep the servers running, to keep their people. 
paid so they can feed their families and kids and do whatever. You know, it has to come from somewhere. Yep. All right. And if you don't want to see this game degenerate into a free-to-play cash shop nightmare that people talk about when we say microtransactions, ew. Okay, you're going to find out that, yes, you know what? A month, a year ago, you bitched about, I can't pay 15 bucks a month. Meanwhile, you realize, oh, I spent 5 bucks on one character for inventory space. I spent $3 on this character to get a mount. I spent $8 on this one for vault space. So where's your reasoning now? <laughs> you just spent almost $20 on three different things. Yeah, where you could, in a game where you pay a subscription, just do, get it all in-game and more without paying more out of your pocket. I, I, But honestly, if you mark things small, people will be willing to buy more of them than if you mark one thing big. Right. And that's what the why the the free to play play model makes so much money. Right, games become a success because they itemize everything to death. Yep. You know, I'll, I'll use Perfect World Entertainment. But <laughs> it is super, as he says in the thing, free to play is like gambling. And it is because, like you're saying, it 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 may work, it may not, depending on the day of the the week and what went the what direction of winds flowing and. I mean, you were bringing up uh, uh, Perfect World. They're a great example, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Perfect World Entertainment, all right? They monetize everything in their game. So if you want that extra inventory, if you want that actually, there's a, there's a credit cap <laughs> for some of their games, meaning you can only earn so much gold, so much whatever currency is in their games, unless you pay them real-world money to lift that cap. And most of the time, it's per character. It's not your account. So if you have 10 characters and you need to spend three bucks, guess how much you're spending now? Yeah, 30. $30 for one service. (laughs) All right, so that's the kind of nightmare extreme that can happen with free to play. So be Uh, aware. (laughs) We really need to bring uh, Shank in. I, mean, I need you to to show up Sunday, Shank, because I I really got to bring you through all this. Uh, through what? I want to show you the cash shop. I want to show you the the characters in Rift and bring it through, so that you really get the idea of where we're talking from when we talk about this. Yeah, I mean, I, the thing is for me is like I I would I don't want to drag this out anymore, but like yeah. I, I I think that if they did have the hybrid model, because purely because for exactly like for people like me, you know, who I'm I'm not an MMO player and a subscription fee. Is, I need to be honest is is off putting. But if you have that subscription model uh, as as like the as as a part of the hybrid model, then you could get somebody like me in there play the game like pay my 60 bucks or whatever play it free for a while start spending a little bit of money and if i think it's worth you know subbing up after a couple months me like you know what like i did you know i was able to like go explore here but i kind of really want this um maybe i I don't really feel like you know questing or grinding for another couple weeks maybe i'll just sub up and get some perks along with it you know that kind of thing i think it would attract a lot more people with the potential to sub up with that hybrid model. I think, I think that, you know, as it stands right now, I would love to see if, even if they're doing this at the beginning, that they do go hybrid eventually. 
but only when they've gotten to the point where they paid back any of their previous yes, costs exactly. as well when they found that they they need to figure out that balance so they can keep the right amount of staff on the game helping you know as game masters without picking your pocket for for a dollar here or five dollars there every 10 minutes yeah um and like Kyle, kyle's uh in the shoddy cast here we, we're we're kind of talking about it in the chat but i think that's the thing like they need to pay off that that ginormous you know line of credit and then i think after that i i would really like to see them start talking about a hybrid model because if they start bringing in people like me who are diehards of elder scrolls that's a lot more people that you're bringing in and honestly the way i would look at it from a business standpoint is i'm attracting all these new potential buyers potential dollar signs you know all right guys we actually have to keep on moving on because we're running short on time um this next one shank if you would please it's uh alex Sure. So from Alex, hey guys, about a month ago, I bought a nice gaming tower and also decided to buy Skyrim to experience the more than amazing modding community. Good job, my friend. My friend tweaks some settings so that my game looks beautiful, but runs very slow. Could you guys maybe give a quick tutorial on how I could change some settings or download some mods to make Skyrim run smoother? Thanks, Alex, a.k.a. NarwhalLord321. Okay, I'm going to give you a qu- like a really quick crash course because I know we're kind of running a little bit long here. First things first, dude, go default all of the files that he tweaked back to their original state. <laughs> Thank you! I was just about to say that! Yeah, everything your friend did, remove it. <laughs> and if you're unsure of how to do this, what you need to do is I would – and he, honestly, if he just – if you guys forgot to even make a backup, what I would do is I would actually go find those files. And um, you can actually – I will give you the exact directory to find it. You go to your C drive, users, uh, your username, then go to documents, my games, Skyrim. You're going to see two – I that was really bad that I just remember that off the top of my head. Uh, (laughs) you're going to find two files in there. One is called Skyrim. The other one is called Skyrim Preps. These are the two files that your friend edited. What you want to do is you want to take those two files, drag it to your desktop, then go into Steam, right-click on Skyrim, go to Properties, and say Verify Local Game Cache. It's going to say, hey, you don't have the necessary files. You're going to have to download them. It's going to download those exact two files that you removed, but they're going to be the original files, meaning they're going to be untweaked, unmessed with. They're going to be default. Take those two files and don't touch them. Even better, make a backup of them and say Skyrim underscore original, Skyrim prefs underscore original, so that if you do decide to tweak them, you have the originals. Also... Settings in the game, you open up your options menu and you can actually, uh, I, I think there's a detect settings option in here mm-hmm. where uh, you, it detects what your machine is capable of and it runs it on those settings. Start with that first. Then if you're getting okay performance, then you can start thinking about mods. But you really, I would do some research and say, these are my, these are my, this is my graphics card, this is my CPU, what can this handle? And you need to really go realistically because, honestly, there are mods out there. I'm looking at you, ENB, that will destroy your computer. 
And that is the sole reason I upgraded mine. How'd your computer mine. die? Skyrim set it on fire? Yeah, no, I mean, he's joking, but that's, like, really I'm, not that I'm far really, from the truth. Yeah, I'm not really not joking. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, Lord. But that's basically, honestly, like, is play the game vanilla and then slowly, and by vanilla, I mean unmodded, unmessed with, you know, untweaked, and then slowly start adding stuff. If you notice a performance drop, you remove that mod. That is the best advice I can give you. <laughs> and yell at your friend for not creating backups. Yeah. Say, can I say kudos for you? Plus one for saying caches properly, not caches. Thank you. That again. There's no damn oh, accent over the E, I folks. It's cash. We're never cash, having Joe. Not cache. Who, who pronounces it cache? Half yeah, of we're news reporters. Ever, ever having Joe and Avarwin back. <laughs> but that's not the right. Oh, my God. Okay. Ever. Next email. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. Next email. Lupin the Great says, hello, Shank, Dave, and others. I love that title. If Okay. You're going to get your email in no matter if you're like, I like candy. If you if your title says, hello, Shank, Dave, and others, you'll get in. Um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lou. Love you, brother. <laughs> anyway, it says, I have questions for you all. If you could bring one feature to ESO from another MMO, what would it be? That's, uh, or better yet, let's, let's extend that out, his question out. Any other game, including MMOs, what would it be? Says, anyway, that's it. I would hope for the best from you all. I hope to hear more from your quest starting Crew master, crew member Bane. Bane, Bane, are you there? I'm sorry, I was taking a nap earlier today. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, be quiet, Bane. We're we're working right now. Signed by Crazy Finnish Person Lupin the Great. All right, guys, if you could bring in one other thing from any other game into ESO, what would it be? <laughs> I'm gonna go last on this. <laughs> Lou, I'm making you go first. What's it gonna be? Well, it's the system that Rift has in place now and EverQuest 2, the mentoring system. Yes. He did mention low-level questing areas Guild Wars 2. No, even better, the mentoring system. Why penalize yourself and your friends just because one or the other has more time to play or just got ahead for a little bit? You know, why negate having fun with your friends or Guild or whatever because of the level difference? You know, I do like that. Yeah, join their group, but allow yourself to go down, scale yourself down to your level. Scale down your abilities, scale down everything so that you can have fun with them. <laughs> all right, I think that's great that Rift has it, and EverQuest do have it, where it's it gives players all that you know freedom to say, hey, you know what, I, I've got my main level character, but I can hop on and play with my friend's level 24 wizard because I can scale down and still have fun. Hey, and you know what, still gain XP. A lot of MMOs have this, and, and correct me if you don't think they sh it should be in Elder Scrolls, but I really want to see a alternate advancement system once you hit max level. I want some system in play that says, as long as I play the game, as long as I get better, my character continues to get better. Oh. Not relying on gear, but saying I can gain points, maybe one stat point for a huge amount of experience every so often to continue making my character even better. Right. Continue to character growth. It doesn't end at max level. There's still ways to develop a character. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. You can't do that in most MMOs? No. Most nope. MMOs, it's all about the, the tree, the skill tree that you gain points to put in. 
and oh, then relies no. past that on gear. Uh, what was it that that really started? Wasn't it? Uh, it oh. wasn't. What, what, what game was that? The not Guild Wars that had that. World of Warcraft with the uh, item level, the eye level. No, I, I mean <laughs> uh, having an alternate advancement system. Oh, uh, well, the very first I'd seen was EQ one. EverQuest, yeah, yes, the very first EverQuest, the alternate advancement system, the AA system. Yes, that they. I mean, it's been in MMOs forever. I would love to see that. All right, here we go, Shank. <laughs> now. If I could bring in any other feature, I think the key from any other game, as uh, you uh, expanded his question there, Dave, keyword there is feature, which is a pretty broad term. I would like to bring CryEngine 3 to ESO. <laughs> wow, Shank, you just dissolved 90% of the PC gaming community. <laughs> oh my god. Really, Shank? You know me, man. Okay. You said feature. I I took that word I, I, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, you're right. Edit you're right. What Shank says I want to to do what Shank says in this game. I want to see the one thing that MMOs have never allowed, and and give you the ability to edit the visuals in the game. You don't want that. I'm I'm gonna say that I've never seen that in an MMO. I want to see if they'd be willing to do that. What do you mean edit the? I'm confused. The games have things like add-ons, like meters that let you measure things or let you uh, change the UI into crazy, weird ways. Oh, okay. But uh, I'd like to see an MMO that lets you do things like change textures to a higher res. Hmm. So an EMB for ESO, so to speak. Or the, or the option to do so. Or in reverse, tone it down. Yes. You know? 16-bit ESO we have in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> we oh. want Doom graphics for ESO. <laughs> what, what do you think, Shank? Uh, I think that would be dangerous, but dude, I mean... Yeah, I could... If Arwen, if Arwen has said time and time again that I'm like a min-maxer with my graphics, I mean, that you're just playing into my hands, dude, if you allowed me to do that. <laughs> Honestly... I know that, that it wouldn't work because I know WoW <laughs> let you do that for a while. Uh, at least they, they gave the capability and people exploited it. Uh, but honestly, if they had some way to rein it in, I'd like to see some way to do that. Because I know one of the best things about Minecraft is being able to flip the skins in and out. <laughs> you know, have have different <laughs> skins on different things. Like, holy crap, that creeper is like have his great crazy giant teeth and wants to eat me so <laughs> i i would love to see a, a way for you know you to make your orcs look like the orcs in uh lord of the rings if you really want that to dude that is scary, a, man <laughs> everyone in the chat room is like dude my pc is gonna melt with crying <laughs> <laughs> all right guys uh we're actually running low on time so i gotta push this forward once again Everybody get ready, get break out your juice boxes and graham crackers. It is time, the time that everyone actually shows up. <laughs> the Elder Scrolls off the record for if there's one thing, it's the Elder Scroll with Lou, the lore master Olan. Wow, that was the best intro I've ever gotten. 
so far. I wrote it down like 40 times trying to get it right. I'm, I'm glad I didn't mess it up. Awesome, Dave. I love you, man. <laughs> All right, today's Elder Scroll. Another quick look at mysticism, or the least understood of the schools of Magicka. Or, as one mage quoted, a quick glimpse into what is called the unfathomable. So mysticism. What is it? A school of sorcery, again, least understood by the magical community, and it's the most difficult to explain to novice mages. I kind of see where they're going with this. Now, some spells uh, commonly described to mysticism, they can be extravagantly disparate, like Soul Trap, or the creation of a cell that would hold the victim's spirit after death, to a spell like Telekinesis, which involves the manipulation of objects at a distance, but these effects are simply that. They're just effects. The sorcery behind them is veiled in a mystery that goes back to the oldest civilizations of Tamriel and perhaps beyond. Now the Sigics of the Isle of Artaeum have a different term for mysticism. They call it the old way. Now this phrase becomes bogged in lots of semantics, big quagmire, because the old way also refers to religion and the customs of the Sigics which may or may not be a part of the magic of mysticism in itself. Now, there are a few mages who devote their lives to the study of mysticism. The other schools for them are far more predictable and ascertainable. Mysticism seems to derive power from its conundrums and its paradoxes. The act of experimentation, no matter how objectively implemented, can influence magicka by its very existence. The mystic mage must consign himself or herself to finding dependable patterns within a roiling imbroglio of energy. In the time it takes them to devise an enchantment with a consistent trigger and result, his or her peers in the other schools of magic may have researched and documented dozens of new spells and effects. So the mystic mage must be patient and relatively uncompetitive and being a philosopher in there as well. For centuries, Mostly during the Second Era, scholarly journals published theory after theory about the subject or aspects of Magicka lumped together under mysticism. And probably failed. <laughs> In the Mages Guild tradition of finding answers to all things, respected researchers suggested that mysticism's penultimate energy source was the Aetherius itself. Or it was sourced out from Daedric beings of unimaginable power. Either rationale would explain the seemingly random figurations of mysticism. Some have even ventured that mysticism arose from the unused elements of successful or unsuccessfully cast spells. Now, there are discussions within the Order of Sigics, especially after Artaean's reappearance, that have led them to believe and postulate that mysticism is less spiritual in nature as was originally supposed, and that either the intellect or the emotional state of the believer or user, is sufficient to influence its energy, configuration, and flow. But none of these explanations is truly satisfactory when it's taken by itself. For the beginning student mysticism, it is simply best to learn the patterns distinguishable in the maelstrom of centuries past. So take whatever mystic spells are, have been successful in the past and use them. But the more patterns that are discovered, the clearer the remaining ones can become. Until, of course, they change. I knew there'd be a catch-22 in there somewhere. I knew it. <laughs> For inevitably, they have to. And then the journey, of course, begins anew.
And a couple of quick side notes here. In year 431 Third Era, the Council of Mages decided that mysticism magic in Cyrodiil was to become the responsibility of the Guild Hall in the town of Leowin, as Shank will undoubtedly tell you, if he's done that route. Yeah. <laughs> By year 201, in the Fourth Era, or as seen in the Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim, Mysticism was no longer regarded as a separate school of magic by the College of Winterhold. If you notice, there is no mysticism specialist there. And traditional spells associated with mysticism, as you've seen in the other games, they've all been moved to the other schools. And if you want to see more, there's a tome you can find. It's called Mysticism, The Unfathomable Voyage by the author of Tetronius Lore. Stay tuned next week, folks. Exploration of all things Magicka continues more. And I just want to say thanks again to the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, the Elder Scrolls Wiki, and the Imperial Library for all the information they have out there and for helping me put this together for you. Hope you all enjoyed it. Thank you very much for that, Lou. I always love sitting down all cozy with my juice box listening. Apple juice tonight, just so we're clear on that. All right, guys, uh, it's time for our final thoughts. Just want to say thank you, everybody, for coming to the best episode ever, part two. The second greatest episode ever of Elder Scrolls Off the Record. It's awesome. Thank you, Lou, for being here with me. And thank you, Shank. Y'all roll. Dude, my pleasure. It was awesome. And uh, just so we're clear... Uh, Joe and Navarwin suck because they're at PAX. <laughs> Are we going to lump Brian in there too because he's there by default? Oh, yeah, Brian too. Brian sucks too. <laughs> I don't want to leave him out. You know, if we're, <laughs> we're going to call them out, they're all out there. I just want to say, yeah, it was great being a part, again, of the second, no, no, of the greatest episode ever. Part deux. And I know we spoke a lot, and everyone, please write to us. Let us know what you think on everything being discussed tonight. We welcome the feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Check. Yeah, I'd like to echo what Lou just said. Like, clearly there there's some very hot-button issues with the game right now. Um, the, the main one is the subscription model, which it's it's not – an understatement to say that this is going to be talked about for at least the coming months. Um, send us your thoughts. We don't like both sides of the argument. We don't care. Cause like, like we have on this show, we are going to get a plethora of opinions and um, perspectives on what's going on. So definitely email us your thoughts. And um, I don't want Joe and Avarwin back. <laughs> Wow. Oh, Lord. All the Joe of our own hate because they get to be a PAX. I love it. All right, guys. How to reach us. You can find our show at ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com. You can find all our great shows at QuestGamingNetwork.com. Send us in an email. Tell us what you love, don't love, hate, everything. We love your opinions. We want to hear them about ESO, and we want to find out what you think. Elder Scrolls off the record at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube at elders, youtube.com slash Elder Scrolls OTR. YouTube.com slash Quest Gaming Networks, where you're going to find all of your our great shows, including our weekly live streams every night of the week, all seven days. 
You can also, it's the only place you'll find Totally Heroes Totally Live on Mondays at 10 p.m. Eastern, QGN's weekly video newscast. Starring our awesome news director, Joe Bradford, and QGN staff writers, Brian Armstrong, a.k.a. Uh, Silent Fury 007, as well as Shank the Tank, our very own Shank. That's Totally Heroes, Totally Live, Mondays at 10 p.m. Eastern. Totally. Facebook. We're also on Facebook. Look us up. Hit like to subscribe and keep up with all of our posts. That's facebook.com slash pages slash Elder Scrolls off the record. Twitch, nightly streams, seven days a week. As I said, check out our Twitch channel for our schedule. That's twitch.tv slash Network. Remember, you can send us in your $10 mentions. Send us in an email if you'd like to find out how or visit our any of our sites and click the link. We'll give you a quick shout out about anything you'd like right here on the show. Where to listen? You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Zune, and your favorite RSS feeder. Found on our website and all of our episode posts, we recommend Podkicker or RSS Demon on the Google Play Store. Don't forget our other great shows. Rift Off the Record, live, Sunday nights at 7 p.m. And also, Dungeon Quest, coming in September. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. On Twitter, Elder Scrolls Off the Records, at Elder Scrolls OTR. Joe is at The Widget. Ivarwin is at Ivarwin. Not spelling their names tonight because they're at PAX and being mean. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Lou is at GamerGuy11B. I'm D-Enforce, D-I-E-N, Force. And Shank is Shank Tank. <laughs> That's right. Leave off the E for savings on pumice stones. Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Middle Earth Network. Have a great one, y'all. We'll see you next time. Good night, everyone. Thank you all for being here. Hope to see you all again next week. But Brother Kyle, why do you wake me from my rest? Who's all